Well, hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced. Jordan's back, back back. again. I'm back. I'm I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. You guys, I have to apologize. I am a little under the weather, so I might have to mute myself and blow my nose a couple times. You gave a pretty aggressive (laughs) blow before we hit record. Well, I was trying to clear it all. You know what I actually did this morning? What? I did uh, a neti pot. Have you ever done one of those? No. So the key is you have to use distilled water, like filtered water, um, because if you use tap water, if it has something in it, it could have like a brain eating amoeba. What? Yeah, because essentially like a neti pot, you put this like saline in it and it goes, it looks like a a pot and it goes up your nose into your sinuses and it clears it out. So like literally it just is disgusting. Like just the stuff is just coming out is that why you kicked me out of the bathroom this morning yeah i was like (laughs) preserve the romance (laughs) i was like you gotta leave (laughs) um so i did that this morning and they definitely work but you just have to make sure they're using you know filtered water well i mean i hope you feel better because you got a big week ahead i will say i feel like i'm coming off of it yeah um but you know i feel great it's just this like congestion that's annoying but what's going on in your world Oh, you know, just coming back from Puerto Rico, my uh, <laughs> third uh, influencer trip I've ever been on. No, Is it third? No, I think it was like maybe fourth or fifth. Really? I like when they invite the husbands. It's so fun. That was like, we're going to get into that. Yeah. You know what else is happening though this week? That's a big deal. I think I do. What is it? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is happening. Twice. I'm going twice. I you know, knew that Taylor was Swift could not come at a better time, in my opinion, because there's yeah. one thing about us is we can disagree on a lot of things, but we all come together for Taylor. I think we have like one friend who doesn't like Taylor Swift. Who? Ryan. Oh my gosh, it this drives me nuts. This guy is crazy nutso. about hating and Taylor And every Swift. single time, like, he was, he came to our 30th party, and, like, we literally just played Taylor Swift the entire time. And he's like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot stand. But I will say, I got Shauna to be, like, a Taylor Swift lover. So. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to respect her hustle. You got to respect her work ethic. That's it. You 100%. don't like the music? I get that. But, like, she's a hustler. I mean, she's got girls dressing up for different eras of her life. Like, that, yes. do you know how hard it is to pull that off? No, I'm going to be... Um, so my first night that I'm going, I'm doing Midnight's. And then the second night I'm going, I'm doing Lover. And I still need to plan on my outfits, but like, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm going with a bunch of mommy bloggers um, on Sunday evening. Uh-huh. Tarte is actually coming and they have their own box and they invited like a bunch of influencers to visit the box. But they just invited us like two weeks ago. And I already had these tickets. I bought these tickets the day that they came out, you know? I was like in the queue yeah, and I was one of the, luck- the lucky ones. So I bought as many as I could. I bought six because that's the max. Yeah. And then immediately after, like I texted everyone like, let's go. And then Tarte now has this box. I'm like, really? You couldn't have told yeah, us sooner? Really? Um, well, so we went to Puerto Rico. I have thoughts about Puerto Rico, but what were your thoughts about Puerto Rico? I would move there a hundred percent. I had no idea Same. that we had so many people that listen to the podcast or that follow us on Instagram that live in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a gem. First of all, I will say the flight is like four hours. Four, yeah, four and a half. From Texas, and um, we did not fly direct on the way there. And I will say it was like kind of brutal with babies. Cabo is a lot easier because it's a shorter flight. But Puerto Rico, I love the people. Mm -hmm. I love, we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton in Dorado. Right. Um, I loved 
everything like the weather the beaches are beautiful the sand is not hot like it's just like it's not grainy it doesn't hurt your feet like it's just so so gorgeous i want to go back we even talked about we're like wait we could move here well tell them about the bubble and like how they explain the bubble you're either in the bubble out of the bubble who lives in the bubble tell them about that so there is like kind of like a well this is how the locals described it dorado is kind of like a bubble but the reason that they live there is probably because of the tax breaks right so you tell them about the tax breaks so i I don't know everything but what i know is it's called like act 60 right Uh and so act 60 basically means that you only have to pay 4% in taxes. So you have all these like wealthy people from Miami and New York. They're like Bitcoin billionaires. Yeah. Who like are actually being charged like 25 to up to 35% for taxes. And then they move down there, but you have to live there for 182 days, 82 days, which is half the year, which is half the year. So they have like schools down there for their kids. They have, um, you know, they have homes down there. And everyone lives in this bubble and it's a bunch of like crypto people, like AI yeah. people, Logan celebrities. Paul lives there, Jojo Fletcher, like we saw her at the airport. Yep. So beautiful. Like I didn't, I couldn't say how I was too nervous, but this is so funny actually. So on my Instagram, you know, they just launched channels. Yes. Have you heard of channels? So channels is basically like, I don't know if it's rolled out to everyone, but it's basically like a big group chat that you can join. And I have like, I don't know, maybe 50,000, 60,000 people in there and I can send messages in my channel but people can't reply they can only like heart it or like it so i sent in my channels like guys i just saw jojo fletcher and um people started hearting it liking it and i was like i was too nervous to say hi but she's so beautiful in real life literally an hour later a notification pops up jojo fletcher is now following you so I go back, I'm like, guys, you ratted me out. Like they must have all just been like, Danny saw you at the airport. But um, Jojo Fletcher started following me. Which I know, I kind of wanted you to say hi to her. She's, she, she like, you know, like, you know how you see like some people in public and they just look like celebrities. Like they have this like glow to mm, them yeah. that is just like, oh, you're famous, but I don't know who you are. Yeah. Like she had that to no, me. No, she's I so, immediately was like, that person's famous. I was like, oh, I think that's Jojo Fletcher. Yeah, she's so cute. She's beautiful. Her skin's amazing. Yeah. Like she had her hair in a bun and like was wearing sweats and was just stunning. Um, so yeah, was super excited about that. But so yeah, basically all of these celebrities live there it is a nice tax break, I will say, but it's also just kind of nice to get out and like yeah. just kind of, you kind of feel like you're growing up in like a utopia. Yeah, I, I think, so I talked to Maureen, who's the CEO of TAR. We'll talk about the trip in a second, uh, but her son, who's like a high school kid. Yeah. And I was like, hey man, like who are you like meeting around? Cause he, they go there quite frequently, I think. And he was like, well, you know, one time I was like, everyone hangs out in the hot tub at night. And I was like, well, who have you met in the hot tub? He's, He's like, that's where you network is in yeah, the hot tub. No, really? And, uh, you know, he said like he met Jake Paul in the hot, yeah. hot tub because Jake Paul lives down there and is like training down there. But I think that for me, I, I like the idea of being away from the mainland. Mm-hmm. But he also said that some of the kids feel very sheltered because they like don't know that there's a world outside of that bubble. He you said know? that sometimes they're like kind of quirky. Yeah, they're like kind of quirky. They're like Bitcoin billionaires children. Yes. Like it's got to be kind of strange. Yes. I was sitting at breakfast and I was like by myself and there was like this guy talking to his wife and he literally didn't get, let her get a word in. And he was just talking about artificial intelligence to her for an hour. (laughs) And she just like stood there and was like eating her breakfast. She's like, can we go to the beach? Yeah. You could tell he was just like, this is every morning. He was so passionate about it, but she didn't care. See, I feel like it'd be cool to live there and be all those like 
crazy quirky I'm all about people. it. I'm all about it. I don't know. Like, and they have good schools. So truly we were like, man, should we move here? They got a Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Baskin Robbins. CBS. They got it all. They had a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they had a Chick-fil-A. They had a Walgreens. So we might, we might peace out from the mainland. Move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> we'll see. Can you imagine? And Stella could practice her Spanish. Yeah. Love that. Did you, how did you feel about this trip? So the, it was a tart trip. Tell them maybe like about the trip and yeah. tart and all that. It was the best trip. This was, I haven't been on an influencer trip in a while. I love going on tart trips. They are so generous, so chill. The team is, they're so thoughtful. It's the best experience. What do you say? Yeah. I, what do you think makes tart trips so special uh, and, uh, you know, in comparison to other brands? Like, I feel like they're just so yeah. good at relationships, you know? Tart is, this is what I kept telling the team that I was like, shocked by so the biggest thing i think when you work with brands is a lot of times you just feel like it's so transactional and you feel like they just want what they want and you kind of want what you want and there's not like a true relationship tart is not like that it is like a family anytime that something goes on in our lives you know two days later they're sending us flowers they're sending us a personal uh, message maureen is texting me like right. it's so personal so when we go on these trips it really did feel like we were just like hanging out with family, yeah. you know, and they had no expectations because a lot of times these trips are like, they have all these like posts that you need to make, all these tags, all these things you have to do. Tart is like, we want you guys to relax. We want to treat your family. Right. We want your kids to come. They even let, you know, your mom come yeah. and my mom come and they just really spoiled us. And that's kind of like, what we did with our Divi trip too is just like we really wanted to make it more about the people coming right. than like all of these posts that they're forced to create. Um, so, I, think, I mean, I love going with Tart. Yeah. When you take the transaction side out of it, I think it becomes more relational and I, I, yeah, I think it's powerful. Yeah. So this trip was like awesome and different, but what tell you've been on a lot of trips, Danny, what, what are the trips typically like? <laughs> There's all different types of influencer I trips. agree. I agree. And the ones I don't go on, I always know how the vibe is. By the way, you come back into the car after the airport. I'm like, ooh. No. Do you remember? Um, this wasn't really an influencer trip, but like New York Fashion Week when we used to do that. Oh my goodness. Those that were stressful for you. So exhausting, y'all. I would come back and be in bed for two weeks. Like yeah. uh, they were insane. Um, but no, so for influencer trips, they're... They're different every time. It kind of just depends on like what the brand actually wants. Sometimes they just want to treat you guys. They just like want to network and build relationships. Sometimes they want content out of you. So you have this contract where you're, you know, you have to create one or two or three Instagrams or whatever it is while you're there. Sometimes I've been, I've been on some influencer trips where it's more about um, kind of like modeling. Like they really just need content for their website. Oh yeah. And so those are the trips that are so exhausting like you are shooting all day long changing outfits you're like you know outside just like getting naked switching from one outfit to the next and like those are the ones where I will say I've probably been on like one or two trips where I felt like overworked <laughs> like yeah. where I was like it was like really really hard which I know sounds silly because it's like while well, you're just taking but it's I can't explain it unless you're there. Like it's a lot of work. Well, and most of the trips aren't paid either, which I think a lot of people think maybe yeah. they are paid, but most of them aren't, right? Yeah, you would be surprised at how many, most of these trips are unpaid. There are, I have been paid to go on a few um, or they're just paying you for like the Instagram that you're posting while you're there and the trip is free, if that makes sense. Um, but 
there are some like I would say, yeah, most of them are are for free. Yeah, because I think like the 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 win 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 is that the brand gets like great content about yeah. the brand, great awareness. Like the influencer gets an experience, but also content. You know, right. like the audience like likes to follow along, and then you know the people win because there's usually like a code attached, and so like the audience wins. So yes, it's kind of a win win win. Well, and it's one of those things too. It's like going on this tart trip, like you build these relationships and you want to support each other and you want both of us to win. And it just feels so authentic. It feels so good because I was even talking to the girl who does PR and she was like, well, we, you know, we targeted you because we knew that you love tart and you use tart without us paying you. Right. You know? And so they like tart has never paid, like they don't pay influencers usually, you know, a lot of it is just through like affiliates. Yeah. And so they target who they see using you know, tart products. And then they build these really authentic relationships with them. And what's been so cool is like how a lot of times these brands will reach out to kind of like your community. So a lot of times they're inviting all of my friends. So it's so like, it's so natural. It's, it's like, Hey, you know, yeah. you Taryn and, um, you know, whoever it is like Amber, we're, we want to take all of you guys on a trip. And it's like, wow, we would have planned this anyway. So this is probably like a question for like your team, but like, are there typically like contracts associated with these trips? Yes. Um, not with Tarte because they didn't require anything. Right. So anything that we're posting, like we're just posting because we want to be posting it. Um, for Tarte, we asked for like a promo code and they upped our promo codes from like Danny 15 to Danny 20. So there's things like that that we can ask for, but that all actually kind of happened like last minute. Um, but there are like some contracts where, you know, we're required to like, a lot of times we'll do a, a, uh, influencer trip around like a launch. Mm-hmm. So they are saying, okay, on Tuesday of the trip, we want you to post about the new product that we just launched. Yeah. And so in our contract, that's required. Um, but you know, something else is kind of funny. I think people would be really surprised about is, um, you know, as the industry kind of grew and a lot of these brands started having influencer trips, a lot of my friends, like in my niche, they, they said no to influencer trips. Like, a lot of times if they didn't feel like it was an authentic fit or they didn't right. actually use the product, like they would say no. Like uh, there's been a lot of times that we pass up on trips whenever it just doesn't feel right. Because I think after a certain point, people start getting so sick of like influencer trips. Well, I remember when we did the Divi trip, like we felt that in the like audience. Yeah. Like we were like, hey, like people are really tired of seeing these influencers that are all pretty successful, like go on these extravagant experiences. Like we wanted to kind of reverse that and be like, yeah. no, like let's take our customers. And I think that that's kind of what happened in the industry is like, I remember Jeep did a, a, an influencer oh, trip. Was it Jeep? I don't remember. Yeah. I think Jeep started doing them and all these bigger brands did them and just became really like transactional. You can tell whenever it's like real or not. The most important thing I think too, and I want you to speak to this is like the curation of the group. Like I feel like everyone yeah. who went on this tart trip, they were all friends. We're right? all buddies. Yeah, like we're and, hanging out. But people want to know that. Like, are you actually friends with the people on no, the trip? No, there's been times where we're not friends at all. And we just show up and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. But I've also been on trips where it's a lot of press. So they're not even actually influencers. There's press trips. Remember I worked with that one, um, I did, I think it was in the Dominican Republic. That was for Southwest, right? No, this was like a long time. This was probably before we were married. And I went on a trip with like a lot of different writers from different magazines oh, and yeah. travel agents. And, and like there were two or three influencers. So there's like so many different types of trips. This is a little tea, but like, do you remember what? how like prideful those journalists were against like what you did? Yes. They were really like, it was kind of like they felt like they were this kind of like 
intellectual standard and they were like oh they invited an influencer on this trip and like i feel like we were like trying to be really nice to them and it was just kind of like they had their crew yeah and it was kind of like guys at the end of the day like we're all kind of doing the same thing like yeah. you just write it in a paper like we're publishing it on the internet like i that was probably one of the only trips i've been on when it's like that most of the time it is other influencers and i like going even when i don't know people because then you get to meet people and you become yeah. friends and then you have friends like all over the country um, but yeah, so no, I feel like a lot of times you become friends with these people. And, um, one of my favorite influencer trips was with Goodnight Macaroon. Oh, was that the meme one? The meme that went yes. viral. So Goodnight Macaroon, um, the, <laughs> if y'all ever see it, it's like the basic fall girl meme that just went so viral and we're all dressed. There's probably like 10 of us and we're all dressed basically the same. We all have the same boots on our hair all looks the same. But what really was happening with that trip was Goodnight Macaroon gave us all these clothes that we had to go shoot. So we drove out to like where these fall leaves were happening. These are like the days of Instagram where we're posting like three or four outfits a day on, yeah. you know, we're just like hustling with these outfits. And um, we're all dressed in like the same boot because they gave us the, the boots to wear. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, oh, we should get a group photo. We literally all look the same. It's so funny. Uh, you know, and it's so funny because like, like, I think that the internet believes you guys all just wore that. And it's like, no, yeah, they told up. us to do that. And I, I, I wish that it was strategic on their end. Like they were like, oh, we're going to make these girls memes. And like, we're going to like ride this yeah. for five years. But I think it was just an accident and it circulates yeah. every single year. Yeah, that's, um, that was a fun one. What are some other, like, are the, is there any other like drama that happens on these trips? Okay. My biggest thing that's happened to me is there was also a phase, like I was talking about when we're posting three or four outfits a day, these girls get so, there's like a their time period where people are just kind of like using each other for photos. Cause if you get in someone else's Instagram, then they tag you and then you grow, you know, you grow a certain amount of followers. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get in everyone's photos. This was like 20, like 2017, yeah, 2017, 2018. 2017 probably. And I remember I was at one trip and I got kicked out of a photo cause of wearing the wrong color. Like, I, I was like, dude, like we're friends. But yeah, I was like, I was like pretty butthurt about it. Well, it's so funny because that's when all the wives will come to their husbands and be yeah. like, they didn't include me in the yeah. photo. And like deep down, we're or, all like, this is so silly. No, what hurts is like whenever, you know, like you take a photo get together, but then they didn't actually ever post it. And you're like, yeah. And then, oh, and then there'd be times like whenever you post a picture of like your friend, but then they didn't post you. Oh my and gosh. And you're like, oh. Like, but you know, I don't. It's I, so different now. Like now people don't even, we don't even like posting our feed. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> you coming back from a lot of these trips exhausted, but not with a whole lot of you never drama. under not drama, but it was emotionally draining. Yes. And you have to have tough skin and like know that it's not um personal. Like it's not that they didn't like me. I just wasn't wearing the right color. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah. Um but as far as the influencer business goes, I mean we were talking about contracts, we're talking about like requirements that we have. A lot of times those things are negotiated on the front end. Like there was this one trip that I went on that I would say was one of those ones where like I felt overworked. <laughs> like I was like crying and wanted to come home because from not tart, not tart. No, yeah, no, never tart. from the morning that like from, you know, 7am that we got up, we go straight to hair and makeup and we're shooting all day long for hours. Like I'm starving, like wasn't feeling great. And like, we're shooting all day. And, um, for that contract, I remember 
I had way more requirements than like the other girls. Ooh, that's hard. And like some of the other girls, like it, we're the same size. We do the same things. And it's just because I didn't negotiate. I didn't ask for less. I just kind of took whatever they they gave me, you know? And so that's that sometimes can be drama where like I'm shooting all day long and doing all these things. And the, the other girl's just like, you know, eating bonbons in a room. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? This makes no sense. It's because I didn't ask for it. Maybe, maybe what's helpful for like the audience to really feel de-influenced, you know, to really feel like they know the guts of the business Yeah, <laughs> is maybe like talk about the difference between like your different types of contracts. So like, how does an influencer make money? Well, yeah, you need to know because a lot of times these brands will take advantage of you. Do you remember that one time that I did, I don't want to say the brand, but I did a campaign and I didn't really redline the contract or really look at it. And my face was everywhere for like two years. Oh my gosh. And then people are like, they kept DMing me like, Danny, I'm so sick of seeing you. Because sometimes you can accidentally sign away your brand or your name. And it's just like written in the small print. So you really have to look at these contracts. But in these contracts, you are negotiating how many posts you're posting. Mm -hmm. You know, what the post is, where is the product? um, What is the caption? What are the hashtags? What are the tags? Like exactly what do you have to post whenever you post? Is it an Instagram story? How long is the Instagram story? The story has to be four slides. It has to be five slides. It has to be 60 seconds. Like you can negotiate all of these things. Where is the link going? How long does the link have to go in your bio? How long does the post have to be up? Then there's also things like they can black... Blacklist your content. Blacklist, no, no, no. Sorry. no, dark posts. Sorry. They can, okay, so they can whitelist, whitelist or dark post your content. Whitelist means that they, like, if you had Divi, it would be like Danny's content running through Divi's channel through ads. And then dark posting is like the brand is logged in essentially to Danny's Instagram account. Mm-hmm. It's running through hers, but it's an ad. Exactly. So they're ads. And a lot of these times people overlook um, how long they're allowing whitelisting and dark posting to happen. So sometimes brands, like there was a brand that just came to my mom and my mom was like, I want to sign this. And they, they were going to like whitelist her content for like five years. Yeah. But the th- reason that gets, that becomes an issue is because let's just say it, let's just say that you worked with butcher box. I'm just making this up. But in three years you become a vegetarian right? <laughs> and you still have this butcher box content just blasting yeah. all over the place. Then people are like, wait, you're a vegetarian yet you're promoting butcher box. Like that's a silly example. No, that was such a great, I was, I was actually thinking in my head, I was like, that is such a great example. Danny. Oh, I'm so you. proud of you. Thank for you. That. Thank you. But it's just things like that where you don't want to sign away something that like you might not be into in a year from now. So right. typically I won't do anything. I actually try to break up my contracts into like just 30 days, just yeah. monthly contracts because I switch so much. I like to go this way and then that way. And I like to have the freedom to go where I want to go. I used to do like year long, like a Fabletics was a year long contract. And I, I committed to something. I committed to posting for them a certain um, times each week right. for a year. But then it's like, what about if I would have you know, been like, I don't want to want to work out anymore. The reason I did that is because I knew that I wanted to work out and almost like held me accountable. It was very organic. Like (laughs) I was like, okay, I have to work out. I have to wear these out, these cute outfits that are coming in. Um, but yeah, so you have that that's happening a lot of times too. Like they just want content that they can use for commercials. They can use for ads. They can use for billboards and you don't even have to post anything yourself. Right. That's happened to me a few times where brands come and they're like, Hey, we want to use it for like a Hulu commercial or something. What's so interesting about like the industry and like the way that it's evolved is like back when Danny was doing this in YouTube, brands like 
no brands like really understood how to do it. Now you're starting to see a lot more formal structure, but I would say like in the in-between of like today and the past, there was a lot of brands that did contracts well. And then a lot of them that were a little bit slimy, right? So like, yeah. I think it's slimy to put into a contract like this one line that says I'm granted rights for five years or so you remember slimy. in perpetuity. So like that means yes. they could use your content forever. Don't ever sign anything that says in perpetuity. Ever. That is... Business 101, never. If you're a brand, don't do that. That's slimy. And if you're an influencer, don't sign it. Yeah, just never. Just get that word taken out. It's totally not fair. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that like brands could charge you for or they put in your contracts. Oh, exclusivity is a big one yeah. that they'll sneak in there and they'll say, okay, like you cannot use any other diaper brands, any other makeup brands, any other, you know, home decor brands for the next five years. You have to also charge for that. So yeah. if, if you're going to sign something that's like exclusive for a year, you charge monthly for each you know, each month of exclusivity. I kind of want to give like some credit to Fabletics because I think that their program was one of the most like, like smart business programs that they've ever made where it's like they would sign year long contracts with these influencers. And then it was like exclusive to all these other brands. So for years, like all people saw in the influencer world was like Fabletics. And like, yeah. that was such a good move to grow like their business. It was like, genuine for the people that accepted the contract but it also kind of like drowned out all of their competitors like it was like a really it was so yeah it was, it was a genius so like genius contract but i will say we've never really gotten in in trouble with a brand where like we didn't do something from a contract and they are like threatening to sue you or anything typically these brands are like on your side and they want to work things out right uh, otherwise they wouldn't be reaching out to you yeah you know um so i have i mean i'm sure there are stories why are you laughing? I just thought of a really funny story. What? Do you remember the time that a contract slipped through the cracks and like it was like accidentally signed by someone on our team and it was for tuna? And, <gasps> yes! And you hated tuna? Oh my gosh. It was chicken of the sea and I think that they, but like it was tuna, yeah. Yeah. And so what happened was like <laughs> this, it kind of fell through the cracks and like someone signed it like thinking that Danny like would say yes. I don't know how it happened. It was like an error on internally on our part. <laughs> And so then, you know, they're super excited, probably because like no <laughs> they're influencer. They're like sending me all this tuna. Yeah, like no influencer probably wanted to accept this deal. And then, you know, we have to go back to the agency and like it got a little tense because they were like, hey, like you signed this contract and we were like, hey, we're not going to do it. And well, no, I like got on a call with them. I was like, guys, listen, I hate tuna. <laughs> I was like, I hate all seafood. I cannot do this. I think it's because we thought it was for chicken or something. Maybe. Because it's like chicken. I don't, it, I don't remember the brand, but anyway, it got real messy and, but they did like at the end of the day, they worked with us and they're like, okay, we understand. Yep. And they were like, we still want to work with you, but like, let's just find like a different brand. Oh my gosh. I do remember that. that. A funny story. Oh, we also have brands that will not pay us. <clears throat> oh, should I say who? <laughs> No, don't okay. no. Be, be classy. Be be classy. It's funny though. Yeah, no. I mean, there there is like it's kind of a running joke internally, and it's like not an insignificant amount of money. And like our, you know, accounting team is like, hey, you're gonna get like we just joke about it at this point. It's been like two years. It's been two years, dude. <laughs> and like I'm a, like I'm like DMing them. I'm like, hi, it's me again. Um, I don't know if y'all saw this, but yeah. um, y'all haven't paid me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sometimes like I mean, you just never know. Never you just know never why. know. That happens. That's happened a couple of times, but now we've gotten to the point where like we 
you know, are very, very picky about yeah. who we work with. And, and I think it's fun too, is like over time, um, when you really find like our, our goal this year was to only work with like 10 brands, not right. saying that that's what we're doing, but I right. actually don't know how many brands, but it's more about like having an ongoing relationship with them because you know, like that's what you're using anyway, than having like a bunch of random brand deals 24 seven. Yeah. I think that like grow, like now that we're in 2023, I think that the influencers that are lessening their brand load and like really focusing on the ones that are authentic to them are the ones that are doing it right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so talk about like why you've never signed with a manager. So, um, yeah, the way that it works is you have a manager and a lot of times these managers do rep like six or seven girls. So whenever a, a brand comes to the manager, they say, Hey, I have this budget. I, I have a new product launching or I want to, um, you know, increase my brand awareness for my online, for my sales online, whatever it is. And, um, the manager will say, okay, well I have these six or seven girls that are all in the same niche. And so they're all signed with that brand or they're signed to go on, on that trip. And then sometimes like whenever for us, like the brand has to reach out to me directly because I don't have a manager. Yeah. Um, so what I've done that's a little different and there's only a couple other influencers that I know that have done this. Um, we've kind of built it like all in house and, and it wasn't actually until 20, maybe 2018 right. that I actually let anyone manage my deals. I was actually the one emailing and responding. Well, actually there was this one time. Do you remember um, when I had my fake manager? <laughs> no, I actually don't remember this story at all. Okay, so this is a long time. These are YouTube days. In college, no one wanted to like sign me. So I made up like a fake email. What was her name? Um, I know her last name was Pape because my uh Your my roommate's called? name was Pape. Her last name was Pape. I think her name was like Tracy Pape or yeah. something like that. Or Susan Pape. And um, I would like act like I was her and like negotiate my deals so that I didn't have to act like myself. Yeah. So, so to clarify for like the audience listening, sometimes <laughs> like when you have someone else representing you, you can negotiate like harder. Whereas yeah. like, like, you know, if, if you're negotiating with a brand, you don't want Danny to come off as like shrewd or like hard yeah. to work with. And so you put this <laughs> fake... <laughs> Tracy Pape in the middle and you're like, it's like actually you. And then you can be like way more hardcore with your negotiations right. and like not feel like it's that's so personal. Genius. And that's why people have managers because you don't want, you need that middleman, you know? That's the type of hustle that makes you Danny Austin. I'll say <laughs> that even sophomore in college doing that is so funny. So I had Tracy Pape and um, she would also reach out for like free product for me and stuff. That way it wasn't like me asking for free product. Finally, you know, we built it on in-house and I was able to like train someone, but the nuances that come with that is like, we really have to go after every brand and go after every deal, which I also feel like is ends up being more authentic because it's like, we're getting to like really seek out, you know, who we want to work with. And brands do come to me and they just email me a hello, whatever my, right. you know, my hello email. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's created like this hustle within our, our culture, yeah. which is, it's a very like authentic hustle. I think that the reason, uh, to say that Taylor Swift does this, not to compare you to Taylor Swift, she, but her like, dad manages her. No, but she has her own team in house. She never signed with like a label or anything like that. That was the like a big, big thing. machine records. Yeah. But it's hers. Like she talks oh. about all the time. Like she has built her own in house team sure. and because it gives her more control over like her marketing, like yeah. the way that she wants to like talk about her audience. And, and I think it's like, 
a lot of the times what people probably don't know about the business is that one brand might contact one management firm and then that management firm might post like, like no. say, Hey, all of these influencers on my roster are going to post this one brand. Right. Yeah. And, it, and so it kind of creates this like group think, whereas I think you remaining independent has allowed you to kind of be more creative and take your own direction with things. Well, so I know like one of the biggest things that people get frustrated about is like when all these influencers are talking about the same product on the same day. Yes. That's why. Yes. A lot of times because they are planning with it, it. It's like you don't really view Danny Austin as an influencer. It's like this group of people that right. are their ROI is not measured from just like Danny's sales. It's like we paid this agency, let's say a hundred dollars. We expect this return with these seven influencers. It's like a group, you know, yes. it's it's a group think thing. Right. Um, but let me tell you. OK, so let's take it back a little bit. So I did have a manager at one time and this manager, this story like still kind of hurts because when I first started my YouTube channel, like it popped off like three or four months in, I had like a hundred thousand followers. So like, which yeah. is, was not easy, you know, Rip. but then I, I Rip. plateaued, you know, and I never really grew. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I had, um, this impl or this manager finally reached out to me, oh, Lisa, Lisa, we still are we still, in therapy about Lisa. She's still the one that got away. <laughs> um, and so Lisa reached out to me and she's managed some of the biggest YouTubers at the time. She still does manage like really big people. Um, and so I was like, it was a big deal that Lisa saw potential in me and I was really small, but, but Lisa had dreams for me. She, she reached and you, you know, usually managers do when they reach out to you, they want to, it's like an investment. They want to get in on you before you blow up. Right. So Lisa thought I was like about to blow up on YouTube. Like I was about to have millions of followers and she had all of these like goals and dreams for my channel. So I signed with her and I actually started, uh, you know, I started um, interning with her. So I got to see like a lot of the behind the scenes of the business. Um, and what happened was my channel just never really blew up. <laughs> I just kind of stayed, remained stagnant. I kept posting. And after a while, like I kind of quit getting deals from Lisa. Mm -hmm. um, my deals were never growing. And, and what would happen is I was living in Austin. I would go back and forth between Austin and LA. And these, you know, you know, but uh, Austin has like a lot of startups. Right. So a lot of these startups re would reach out to me and that these are small startups, like no one knows about these startups. And I would pass the contact on to my manager because that's what you do is you forward the email to yeah. your manager and the manager says, okay, let me try to negotiate this. So what was happening was, you know, she's taking in these, these emails or these contacts and instead of giving the deal to me, who they originally reached out to, she's pawning off these deals to the rest of her talent that's way bigger than me. And then I'm left out of the deal, even though I was the one that connected yeah, them. that's hard. And so I was like, so I'd be looking on YouTube and I'd see this small startup in Austin working with like all these huge YouTubers. And I'm like, what the heck? And they were all a part of like my, so anyway, I uh, eventually, uh, I quit hearing from Lisa and I told her, I'm like, Hey, like, I think I want to do my own thing. And I really thought she would like fight for me and be like, no, Danny, like, let me try to keep you in the agency. Cause typically they do, they fight for you. And she was like, okay, cool. Like peace. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's hard. I, I know that you're still healing from that one. She even, never the wanted you, me. even the way you told the story. <laughs> she never wanted me. <laughs> it was like six years ago. No, but I, I think that I, I get it from her perspective too. Right. No, she just had to manage the, the biggest people. And so no, like hard feelings there. No, no, yeah. no hard feelings. Like it's business is business is business. Like, trust me, like I get it, but yeah. that doesn't mean that that's not like one of the 
biggest things that drives me these days. Oh yeah. I want Lisa to sign me one day. There's like three or four. We should have an episode on just like the things that drive Danny Austin. And it's like three or four of the same people. She's still trying to prove herself to like nine years ago. Uh, No, I'm totally teasing. Like I I love her and I actually learned so much from her because she is cutthroat, like in a good way. Yeah. So like pros and cons. So you've been signed with a manager and you've done your in-house team, like pros and cons of doing it in-house versus like having a manager. I mean, one of the cons is I feel like I'm left out of a lot of things because I don't feel like I'm a part of the community that managers and agencies can provide because immediately when you sign with an agency like you get on weekly calls and you they you know send you invites to events and you get on the same PR list and like you just feel like you're a part of a family which I I really miss um but I will say, I feel like one of the pros is that because I'm having to do it all myself, it just feels like a lot more genuine. You yeah, know? I, w- I would I would agree with that. Um, and then another part of the cons is, um, you know, it's just, it's like logistically a lot harder because managers also take care of like all of the contracts and, mm-hmm. you know, organizing everything and, and they just have like a better process or system to things. And like, we kind of had to build that ourselves, which is, is difficult. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I'm very proud of like your team now. Like, I mean, they're kind of rocking it now, no, but it, it just took like, it took us a lot longer to figure it out in our own way. I yes. Think. Yeah. Um, Maybe tell the audience like how the team is like structured right now. Yeah. So I have about four people on my team, four or five. We have some people that we, um, that are contractors. So it just depends if like you want to count, but we have someone that, you know, does all the brand partnerships. So she's kind of like an in-house manager and she uh, manages all of my brand opportunities, contracts, negotiates everything. She's amazing. Then we have someone that is ahead of the brand, which is helping me kind of, um, you know, with the content that I want to create. That's more just like for the Danny Austin brand, whether it's like the matchmaker or it's a talent show or a fun giveaway that I want to do. She's helping me orchestrate and organize all of that. And she helps me manage my calendar to make sure that everything kind of fits into place. She and also, she I feel like that role like also helps like maintain the values and accountability of the brand too, to yes. make sure like, you know, Danny's not becoming like an Instagram booty model basically. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Danny, pull those pants up. Yeah. Um, no, I'm teasing. Um, so we have that person and then we have someone that is kind of a contractor right now, but she helps me with like affiliates because affiliates are a lot of work because, um, there's a lot of promo codes. There's a lot of links. There's a lot of linking things. So you have someone that like just strictly strictly helps me with affiliates and promo codes and things like that. But she's like part-time right now. Yeah. I want to hire her full-time, but we'll see. And then I have someone that actually helps me now with like creative yeah. content creation, editing, um, you know. Reels. Reels. Reels is a whole new beast. Reels is a whole new beast. Yeah. Any type photos, just creative overall. It's kind of like a, like the way I visualize it in my head is it's kind of like a diamond, you know, where it's like at the top you have the brand director and then you have the two business ends on the side and then you yeah. have the content that's like the basis of everything. Exactly. And it's like, it's cool. Like I, what I really appreciate about your team that's very different than Divi is it's like pretty flat like everyone's super collaborative because it's oh. such a creative business like yeah you know it's wild to have people show up at our house like Monday through Friday and be like 
like, what are we going to do today? Like, let's yeah. go tell a story, you yeah. know? And it's like, it's very, it's harder for me because I'm very structured and like yeah. Divi's very structured, but it's like a very unstructured, fun, collaborative environment. It's so me. I can't so imagine you. doing anything else. I love it so much. And I love whenever they're at our house. Um, we have a blast. I, I honestly, it's so much, it's so much better doing this with people. I used to do this all by myself and it just was not sustainable, but I totally agree with you. Like I don't, cons I don't, I, I am kind of their boss, but I feel like everybody is accountable for themselves and everyone, you know, really wants to kind of thrive in their niche or in their category. Yeah. So we're all kind of just like moving up together without me telling them what to do, if that makes sense. No, totally. Like people are co constantly bringing ideas to me and they're like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. I'm like, okay. And then also like kind of like they're like the bumper rails of like, hey, like you can come to the table and be like, I have this idea. And they're like, hey, like that's not really like like that's not really what we want to communicate or like that yeah. could that could come across as this. And so I'm it's trying like, to think of some of those ideas that I brought. There's oh, one man. that I really want to work on that like still people won't get behind me, but I don't want to say just in case I do it. What is it? You got to say she's mouthing to me. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, so there's yep, that. Yep. Wait, what are some things that I've like wanted to do where y'all are like, no? Um, I don't know. Maybe we should bring Jenny in for this like portion. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's call Jenny. Okay, so now that Jenny's here, we got Jenny here. <laughs> Say hi, Jenny. Hi. Okay, the question that I didn't know the answer to is what was what's been one of the craziest ideas that Danny's brought to the table that the team had to be like, nah. <laughs> it's hard to think on Danny because I'm not gonna lie. Most of Danny's ideas that are crazy, they end up happening. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be that Danny brings an idea to the table and we're like, the team initially is like, mm, yeah, maybe not. But then we end up doing it and then it's incredible. So honestly, when Danny brings something crazy, we can't really be like, whoa, that's too crazy because it's probably like, she's a crazy genius. So <laughs> the idea I can think of is uh -oh. Jordan. <laughs> Oh, 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 I know this one. I know this one. I don't, this is the first example that always comes oh to my head. Oh my gosh. Are you about to crap on Operation Divi? <laughs> yes. That was one day, genius level. We're all around the table. Oh my gosh. Danny is sitting in here with the team. We're just, you know, having a chat and Jordan walks in and is like, guys, I have the best idea ever. Dead serious. Like he's dead serious and he's ready to make it happen. He's like, guys, how are we going to make this idea happen? So he had the idea that essentially he wanted to wanted us to rent out I don't know obtain a big field <laughs> and have a helicopter fly over this field and drop Divi products from the sky and have people run and get them as if it were an easter egg drop no yeah. but I think what you're missing it wasn't over a field it was like over a city and I was no, like no 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 <laughs> I I was very big because it was going to be a mix between a field party <laughs> Like they do in the country and a operation divvy drop, which is like operation Dumbo drop, but we dropped shampoo and conditioner from the sky. Yeah. It was our launch plan. Yeah. Can you imagine how many people get like they're knocked out from shampoo? Well, and yeah. conditioner? Like, that's a liability. <laughs> we would have had waivers. He was so serious about that. And then another idea that you had that you came to us was you wanted to host like a divvy dad's golf tournament. Yes. Like a huge golf tournament, which these golf tournaments are outrageous to put on. Well, so here's what happened. Okay. So we went to, and I'm going to name drop. We went to Scotty Scheffler's birthday party. And that's a big deal now. It wasn't 
as big of a deal back then, but we were like at his house and I was like, who's this guy? Like, I don't, we golf. didn't know who Scotty Scheffler was. And then we got there and everybody's like, this is Scotty Scheffler's house. And we're like, who's, who's that? Scotty Scheffler? Like, and so now obviously we know, and he was hosting it for one of our friends. And so it was like our friend's birthday at his house. But then anyway, so then we're at the, this is a cool story. Can I tell this story about Scotty Scheffler's wife? I guess. Yeah, it's not like it's not like bad. So we're at the Byron Nelson in Dallas and we're following Scotty Scheffler, who's now a big deal. He had won like the the big golf tournament or whatever. <laughs> we don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know. But uh the, the Masters, the Masters. He had won the Masters. So we're following Scotty and I'm like, man, it'd be so cool if Scotty like used Divi or like Divi. Like he's in Dallas. We went to his house at one time and uh, a little blonde girl walk, like runs over to Danny. A little blonde girl, you mean his I'm wife? Get, I'm getting to it. <laughs> runs up to Danny and she's like, Hey, are you Danny? Like she was like my husband loves Divi and we introduce ourselves and it's Scotty Shuffler's wife. I'm like, who's your husband? Yeah. He's no, like, Scotty Shuffler. And like, we had walked to the hole that he was like, yes. gonna, what do you call it? Swing at? Yeah, yeah. Shoot so at? We're totally not a golf family. But like, <laughs> she was so sweet and she was like, he gets so mad when he runs out of his Divi and I was like, no way, we'll send him some. So anyway, that was like my idea of doing a Divi dad's golf yeah. invitational because all these Instagram husbands, they play golf and I don't play golf. And so I was like, let me just pit them yes. against each other. Yes. I know. I I'll get say it. I was bought into that one. I was looking up golf yes. resorts. Yeah. Where can we rent it out? And that's what's funny about our team is when half of <laughs> us are bought into an idea and the other half are like, mm. I'm, I'm like, guys, this is not going to happen. Well, like, so yeah. The other thing I want to say, because Divi team is probably listening to this. This was prior to us having like a robust Divi team. So it was like <laughs> me and Danny and like some of the Danny Austin team they pulling were, these ideas They were off. working in Stratton's nursery. And they were working in Stratton's nursery. And so it was very early on. Now we could pull an idea like that off, but before, no way. I don't know. That's still like a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We wanted to do races. We wanted to do like... Um, yeah, the 5k, the 5k, but that's also a huge liability. That's a lot of work. They too. were like, you need an ambulance on site. Like, <laughs> yeah. Got a little too intense. I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to do this. You know, it's so funny. Like sometimes like whenever people bring the logistics to us of like, well, you need to do this. You didn't, we like get kind of frustrated. We're like, listen, like, can we just do this idea? Like <laughs> yeah. sh our friend Shauna is like a huge lawyer, like big yeah. law firm, you know, is like head of legal at Yum Brands. And sh I, we always tell her ideas, our ideas at dinner. She's like, guys. And she's like, here's the legal liability, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I go, Shauna, you're a fun sucker, and I don't want to hear any of it. <laughs> no, but we need people like that. Yeah, we do, we do. Um, That's me. Jenny, in this episode, what 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 do you think we missed? Like, what do you think the audience wants to know that we maybe didn't cover? Um, I don't know. I think that there is a lot of curiosity just about influencers in general and what Danny's day looks like like what does a normal day look like as an influencer also do you consider do you feel like you're working like do you actually wake up and think like I'm going to work today just because um, it's so unconventional yeah no I definitely do I feel like I'm I wake up and I'm, I'm going to work because there's days where I wake up and I just go hang out with my kids and like that's the difference between a working day and like a mom normal day yeah um so I definitely feel like I'm working now maybe I'm not I don't have pants on, but I'm still working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I would say like for my days, typically we meet on Mondays and we kind of plan out the week. So we go through every single day of the week and they are stacked. Like they, what we're doing is stacked, whether it's phone calls or meetings or events or whatever it is. 
Um, but I would say because we're planning on Monday, we're able to like understand like the bigger, the story that we're trying to tell that week. Like if there's like a big giveaway happening or if there's a big, you know, Divi promo on Friday, or there's a Taylor Swift concert that we're doing on Friday, whatever it is. And so we're able to like build in that story in between kind of like the working events if that makes sense yeah and so like there's times whenever i'm like oh i want to do like a fun reel with my mom like we'll literally schedule it and be like okay we have a phone call at nine uh ten we have to do this meeting uh and then from one to three we have tornado come over so it's like everything is like very structured and built out um and sometimes i tell the team this like i feel like a puppet sometimes like i feel like i'm just like going through i just go from this to that to that and then there's always like a break in the day where i get to be creative and i get to do kind of like what i want to do so during those two hours maybe i'm just like to do walking around the house showing people things that i love or whatever so maybe it looks like i'm not working because typically it's like not fun to like film yourself on a phone, like phone call or whatever. And then I also don't want to be like, you know, we always make fun of like bloggers that are like meetings, like, like meetings, <laughs> meetings, phone calls, like that's kind of annoying, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, your, your day is struck. Like it is hour to hour, minute by minute, like structured. Like and after this, I'm going to a something pretty event. Yeah. Um, and then after the something pretty event, I come home, I film like a reel. Mm-hmm. After that, we have admin time from like three to four, you know? And then after that, like there's always something every hour. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's just getting busier too. Yeah. yeah why now is, you, why? you're going to have soccer games and oh. kids oh things. And then you need to go to Divi and make a decision. Yeah. Ev- uh, truly every hour. I just want to attest to the fact that every hour is booked. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's, I mean, we could do a whole episode on this. We probably should. It's it's hard. Should you explain kind of like what the team's day looks like? Like, what do y'all's days look like? No. I mean, that's hard because every day is, is different. Literally different. Yeah. Are y'all mainly behind the computer all day? I mean, it just depends on what you have going yeah, on. Yeah, it depends on your mood because if you're up here, y'all are chit-chatting about <laughs> that's whatever. So true. What were we doing yesterday? That's the conversation we had yesterday is that when we have a lot of things going on at the house or just we don't get anything done like our team works best when we're at home because danny will come up and be like okay what you doing real idea (laughs) or just like let's go out and film this like it's very spontaneous yesterday we spent a lot of time (laughs) tornado came (laughs) over and we y'all my mom is so uncoordinated like you know like when you're growing up like you think that your parents are like you know, superwoman, like superheroes. Yeah. And I always thought like my parents had like the best rhythm and like we're like, really good dancers. And now that I'm older, I'm like, whoa, she's actually so uncoordinated. Anyway, love you, mom. Like she knows this. So she came over yesterday. We spent probably three hours trying to teach her a TikTok dance. We carved an hour out of the schedule <laughs> to film this reel. And it took much longer we were supposed to have a meeting at the end of the day and i'm like i might as well go check on them like (laughs) surely they're almost done filming walk downstairs tornado just cannot get the dance we still even after three hours we scrapped it like it's just still oh my gosh so what else jenny What, what what have we not covered yeah i think a lot of people are curious about how what is the process and kind of what's the ratio of when do you decide to reach out to a brand? When does a brand reach out to you? How does that process actually go in detail? I would say it's kind of 50-50. So um, a lot of times, like, I'm DMing the brand. I'm like, 
hey, I don't know if y'all work with influencers or if you ever do promo codes, but I'm like, I'm obsessed. I'm trying to think of a brand that I've recently done that for. Can you think of one? Oh, oh, Dolce Glow. I did it with Dolce Glow, which is this the self-tanner that yeah. I'm obsessed with right now. Um, and I've actually like become like Instagram friends with the founder. And so now like we DM back and forth. And then, you know, after a while, I was like, oh, I should ask her. So I asked her if she did promo codes and she was like, absolutely like email me here. So then I gave that email to Nikki and now Nikki's going to reach out to them and like see what yeah. we can work out. Um, are there any other brands that I've DM'd lately? On. I was going to say, yeah, shout out to OnCloud. OnCloud, because I am obsessed with my running sneakers. I wear like, they're, I love Brooks and Ons. Those are my favorite. So I've always told the team like, I really want to work with on. So we kind of have this like list of brands that I really want to work with. And we have to go after like free people was one of those where I always wanted to work with free people. I remember like, we had to really go after it right. and we email them or whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. They tell you no a lot of different times, but we never take no as an answer. Well, sometimes, we keep the, going. yeah, sometimes the companies are not familiar with influencer marketing. They're so big that they like don't have a robust program yet. Or, or sometimes you have to prove yourself. Sometimes you have to prove yourself. Like yeah. there was, um, would you say Mario Badescu is kind of one of those? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like a lot of times they don't know because here's what, this is the biggest misconception that I want to straight set straight with like influencers is it does not matter how many followers that you have. No. Like follower count, you know, people always make these jokes like, oh, they're just trying to gain followers. Gaining followers is not helpful at all. What you really want to gain is a follower that cares, that wants to be there, that wants to be invested, that's a part of your community. Like I'd much rather have a hundred or a thousand like really dedicated people than 10 million followers. Like promise Reach. you. And brands know this too. Like there's so many big celebrities that have like 10 million followers, but they don't actually connect with their audience, right. you know? So that's, th that's a big thing. But a lot of times these brands want to like see how well you can do. So a lot of times like they want to know, okay, like, we're going to give you um, a promo code or we're going to give you an opportunity, give you a sale and like see if your audience actually likes it or not. And if it ends up going well, then they continue to work for you, work, work with you. Yeah. So a lot of times you're just doing stuff for free and you're just trying to like show the brand, like, I love you. Like I want to build a partnership. Like I want this to be ongoing. Yeah. Uh, what else, Jenny? I don't know if you answered this already, but what's been your favorite brand to work with or like project that you've worked on with a brand? Mr. Clean is up there for me. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Clean was like epic. That was so good. You know why that was so good? Because the brand let us have so much creative freedom. Well, maybe it's a fun story to tell. Like tell them like what they initially wanted to do, which is like, hey, like we're gonna like bring Mr. Clean by for three slides. And we we're like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Here's we, what's really we gonna have this happen. Whole day planned. And you, you know, so can I tell the story? Yeah, but before you do, just so you kind of know the background, what what happens is these brands will come to you and they have a goal. They have a mission. They're like, we want to educate people of how to use a ma magic eraser, you mm -hmm. know, and we want people to know, to know that it's sold at Walmart. So then Jordan and I and our team, we get behind the scenes. We're all, okay, here's the goal. Here's the message. Here's the mission. And we're like, how can we creative, creatively entertain people, get them hooked, but also educate them about what this brand yeah. wants to bring to awareness. And so they, this was, I think through Walmart, I, I think it was actually through Walmart, but they had an agency and the agency was like, Hey, you know, we'll do three to five Instagram story slides. And we were like, no, 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 no. This is too good. And so we were like, we want the Mr. Clean to come down to Dallas. Like we had this whole day plan. We were like, we want Landon to come in and you can go watch this content, but we spent a whole day with Mr. Clean and like dance with them, sang with them, like put them in the car, did carpool karaoke. 
And the agency at the time was so like, can we do this? Like liability? Like, is this good for the brand? Like, what if they like ruin <laughs> Mr. Clean's image? And I was like, guys, you can come to our house. I was like, you have to promise me you'll stay upstairs. Stay upstairs. And the I whole said, team. we will let you review every single thing before we post it. Yep. And they did. And it, it ended up being like, I think that they submitted that campaign for awards yeah. and it was like a huge, like monumental moment for Mr. Clean. Like all the executives loved it and it was so fun for us. So fun. So I think anytime that a brand gives us that creative freedom where we can go wild, those are the best. Yeah. Not go wild, but like, no trust. Yeah. Trust, the, us. Like, trust us. Like, like we, we really have like good plans. Oh, do you hear Stratton? It's yeah, so funny. It's so real. So relatable. Ugh. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's like one of my favorite campaigns we've ever done. 100%. Okay. Well, this re episode is running late. <laughs> you got to get to your something pretty floral event. Um, I'm so excited. And so do you want to do you want to do our little outro? Yeah. So next week we're going to be talking about, I, I don't want to promise anything, but I'm thinking postpartum mental health and maybe a little bit of parenting. Oof. We're going to decide if parenting should be like a whole nother episode because it's a whole nother beast. Um, but thank you guys for watching. If you guys see this, would love for you to leave a review of our podcast on Apple. And you can also give or rate our podcast on Spotify as well. We are streaming on all platforms. Thank you guys for watching and we will see you guys next week. Bye.